It's now time for Locked On Coyotes, right here on Locked On Coyotes, to discuss your favorite memories of Gila River Arena. It's the memory book episode on today's episode of Locked On Coyotes. Your Locked On Coyotes, your daily podcast on the Arizona Coyotes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the show, everybody. I'm Robin Leonio. That's Carl Pavlik right beside me. On this episode of Lockdown Coyotes, we want to thank everyone for making Lockdown Coyotes your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including on YouTube. We will never have a paywall ever. That's the best part about this show. But we got a big show for you guys today. We have the memory book. We're going to talk to some, some of your guys' favorite memories of Healy River Arena. We want to thank everyone for putting your submissions out there. Um, we're going to you know play some of them on today's episode. Before we get to that, though, what we're going to do is we're actually going to share some news that, we, that came out uh, uh, mid on Thursday, uh, the day we're recording this, to talk about, uh, well, some pretty good news for the Arizona Coyotes because the official approval, Kyle, came out. For the Arizona Coyotes to play at ASU's arena, and obviously it was already a done deal then, but now like the, fi- the final steps are there, and they're able to start by the beginning of the NHL season in October. Yeah, the October aspect was definitely a very important piece because there was speculation. Uh, I think initially the arena was not set to be fully constructed until December, Seems like, you know, maybe they moved some things around. They sped up the process. The NHL and the Coyotes were like, here's some money. Can money make thing happen faster? <laughs> yeah. And they were like, yeah, yeah, money can make thing happen faster. Money always makes thing happen faster. Uh, but still, I'm sure being done in a safe way. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, we're talking about construction of an arena that will be there for years to come. It's not just for the Coyotes. It's for the Sun Devils. Um, but yeah, uh, I think it's great. Uh, I think that it's nice to just have it like officially approved. It's always nice, especially when we're talking about the coyotes to have something like in writing signed yep. by officials, uh, because that's when it kind of becomes real and it definitely became real, uh, with this, you know, notice. That's when you're able to finally take a big sigh of relief. You're just like, breathe in, breathe out. Yeah. Okay, we got the first hurdle good. We are guaranteed to be playing our temporary venue for a few years. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely like the first hurdle. There's still the second hurdle with the arena, the full-time arena. That is definitely going to be something that I think we're all going to breathe the sigh of relief when that's completed. Uh, I also know that there's a current struggle between Arizona State University and the city of Tempe over a venue slash ramen shop that I really hope does not cascade into a Coyotes Arena thing. But, you know, we're talking about municipalities and we're talking about like relationships between like two big things and you never really know what what happens. Uh, so, yeah, I'm glad to see like one thing crossed off the list. 
I just want the other things to be crossed off too. Yeah, I mean, like again, like what all we can do right now as Coyotes fans is just hope, right? Just just hope that the next step gets put in place. The next step is taken care of, and um, I mean, to a lot of you fans, it's a lot of work to do this, but just put a little bit of faith in Alex Morello get the job done. Um, yeah, I mean. He's doing the right thing so far. Like the things are happening the way that they should. So it's it's nice to see normal progression, uh, if nothing else. Yeah, just expect all the fans out there that we're still guaranteed to get some crap from all the other NHL fans out there that we're playing in a small arena. Uh, however, you decide to combat that, I mean that's up to you. We got it. Like I'm, I've got my own ways. I'm sure, Carl, you got your own ways. But you know, it's. Yeah, that's that. That's just gonna be, you know, life for the next three years. Yeah, pretty much, uh, and especially the next couple months because it's like the the thing that's happening right now. I'm sure that eventually people are going to get tired of it. Although, let's be fair, people have been making the same tired jokes about like the Coyotes for the past. Like, ah, uh, I mean, we're talking about a memories episode, and I've been following the Coyotes and at Gila River Arena for a very long time. So they're the same jokes. It's it's pretty sad. Uh, so, yeah, three more years of dealing with this. Uh, hopefully less once they actually start, you know, breaking ground on the new arena. I mean, the best way I can combat it is be like, at least the Coyotes have a plan. I'm looking at you, Calgary Flames, Ottawa Senators. <laughs> yeah pretty much uh i i really like especially when you look at the senator specifically you're like ah, i feel like things are about to get really bad really quick for you uh in a way where i think senators fans aren't going to be surprised uh coyotes fans uh, especially ones like ourselves who like follow the nhl a little bit more closely aren't going to be surprised but the wider like hockey fandom is gonna be like, oh wow, things escalated quickly. No, they didn't. They've just been boiling under the water for a very long time. Yeah, that's just part of. I mean, again, that's that's just part of the cycle, right? <laughs> it's just yeah. never, never endless. Yep, pretty much, pretty much. And the Coyotes are always having to deal with it. Uh, and I mean. We are talking about memories of Gila River Arena today. And uh, like I said, I've been covering the Coyotes for a long time. I have been to City of Glendale meetings. I have been to court cases in downtown Phoenix with the uh, Goldwater Institute suing the then Phoenix Coyotes. So I've been at this for a long time. And these memories are all kind of like, there's a lot of good. There's a lot of just frustrating. And I think yeah. that's a big part of being a Coyotes fan. Like just having to deal with a lot of this crap. It's a fandom through adversity. Yeah, absolutely. And um, and that's the interesting part, you know, about the Coyotes history at Healy River Arena. Because we talk, because, you know, um, what we're talking about mostly on, going to be talking about mostly on today's episode are the happy memories. But again, um, as I mentioned, you know, when I was calling memories, of course, there are memories that are sad, memories that will piss you off, memories that are frustrating because the Coyotes could have won a game, they didn't, but 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 didn't, you know, like, yeah. but that's part of 
being a sports fan let's be real right <laughs> you know i mean obviously the yeah. coyotes more so of all the extra frustrations but like that's oh yeah <laughs> no no i will say that a game that stands out to me in a way that i don't think any other fan has is when the greg jameson deal for the coyotes fell through i remember going to the coyotes game and it was an oilers game and they lost and it was like well that seems fitting for what seems like the end of this and it wasn't the end but there is just so much off-ice drama that gets stuck with the coyotes especially in this very specific venue like i i do really hope that the move to the east valley is also going to come with just a a less contentious relationship with the people that are involved. And and I don't always blame the city of Glendale. Um, I often do, but I don't always because they kind of, you know, things happened in the early aughts and I'm sure if they could go back in time, they would have not had, you know, Westgate the way they had it. But unfortunately we all live in the world that we live in. Absolutely. We still got more to get to on this episode of Lockdown Coyotes. Uh, we are going to, uh, first, before we get to your submissions, Carl and I are going to discuss uh, just some of the top moments at Helio Every Arena. That, um, and I'm against some of the, some of these are going to be mentioned in your submissions, but we're going to just go through what, you know, some of you are unable to share in case you were not unable to put out there. And, you know, because there are so many memories that we can highlight all that in just a moment. But first, a quick word from Carl. So I have a message from our friends at Built Bar. Summer is coming, and with summer, you're going to need some food on the go. Built Bars are the perfect snack to take with you on family vacations. You can throw them in the bag, in your bag. You can throw them in your kids' bags. You can make sure that everyone is fueled up and ready for your summer adventure. The best, be- best part about Built Bars, they're healthy and delicious. So there's no more sacrificing delicious food for health. With Built Bar, you can get both. And it's easy. All you need to do is go to Built.com and order now. Built Bars only contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. You compare something like that to a candy bar, which typically has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. I am always looking to cut out unnecessary sugar. I think that is the worst part of the diet like just avoid sugar when you can and that's the great part about built bar that four grams of sugar really nice what i want you to do is go to built.com and use the promo code locked 15 to get 15 percent off your order that's promo code locked 15 for 15 percent off at built.com so now carl let's go ahead and talk top memories at helio everina things that um, are definitely again, they're definitely going to be discussed a little bit later when we go through our submissions, but some that might have not been discussed because um, there were so many things that happened to Helio River Arena. Good moments, bad moments, but whatever. Because again, 19 years in one arena, you're bound to get some really, really good stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I think uh, a lot of my key memories are from a very specific time frame, but I am very like curious to see what other people have to say people older than me people younger than me like what was the coyotes memories of their prime but yeah there's definitely a lot of things that we can talk about absolutely let's start with 
I mean, the Shane Doan era. I mean, you can pick just about anything from what he did um, because he was, you know, he will go down as like, you know, one of the greatest Coyotes. Um, and again, the, the, the amount of dedication he had to the, to, to the, to the organization, everything like that. Again, you can pick, you know, his last game as a coyote. You can pick, you know, one of his hat tricks or whatever. You can pick, you know, his retirement ceremony. <laughs> yeah. The, the first, uh, Jersey to be retired, uh, officially, making us all very confused about what the ring of honor meant, but still, uh, that has always been a fun part specifically of Gila river arena. I think the, the ring of honor really lost all meaning during the Gila river arena time. Well, ring of honor. I understand the ring of honor versus retirement, retirement of Jersey ring of honor was like, all right, you were a key player in our, in ours, in our, um, in our program. And we're going to put your name up on, you know, you, you know, up in that ring. But the re- jersey retirement isn't a difference in the sense that that no player is ever going to wear that jersey number again. Um, yeah, but I feel like the Ring of Honor, because it includes classic Jets players, like yeah. that created like a weird distinction because I think it was Martin Erat was the first player to take a Ring of Honor number, and it was from a former Jets player. So the Coyotes announced. Uh, and apologies if I'm like misremembering this, but we are talking about memories, so memories are valuable. Uh, they're like, no, it's fine. Uh, we respect those numbers. They're not retired. And I do think that that was kind of like a changing moment. Like, oh, so they're not retired. Like, yeah, it, the Ring of Honor, like, and I appreciate them being like, Doan is the first player to have his jersey retired. Like, that fits. Yeah, but of course. It's, it's just kind of a fun moment. Uh, I will say my Doan memory, the one that always stands out to me, uh, was I was there for Doan's first hat trick. And I remember people leaving. And I remember talking to my friend. I'm like, Doan has two goals. Why are you leaving <laughs> with an empty debt? Uh, and yeah, that was a big one for me. Like Doan's first hat trick was a fun memory that I do not think like just because there was so much buildup, like we all knew that Doan didn't have a hat trick, so it was it was fun to see like that kind of collective experience of a moment. And again, and I'll go back to this. I think a lot of people remember stuff like that most because of how much Shane Doan meant to the team, meant to the city. <laughs> Absolutely, uh, and, and just like yeah, and the fact that he was always such a good player and there was like i will say this like to the day i die i love the fact that shane doan was the type of captain who would go out and score a goal to try Mm -hmm. and motivate his team he would also drop the gloves he would also play physical but he could score a goal and i think that is one of the most important things absolutely absolutely a couple other things that are probably going to be on this list carl um the whiteout games during the playoff years like whiteout games are fun. Yeah. I mean, like again, yes, you're taking a tradition from the Winnipeg Jets, but like, how awesome is it to see an arena full of white? Like, it's just awesome, right? I mean, like everyone's wearing like a white shirt and whatever, and you're just like all the fans rallying together during the postseason, which we already know is the best time in for hockey. And it's just like oh, freaking atmosphere. <laughs> 
absolutely. I will add one kind of sub moment to that. Uh, another great moment that I was uh, at the arena for uh, the BLA chant at the end of the Nashville series, which happened during a whiteout, but just being in the crowd for, for that spontaneous chant. Uh, it, it, that is a Phoenix sports memory. Like that should be enshrined in like, the Phoenix Sports Hall of Fame. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, again, getting that collective beat LA for in any in any case is just chilling. Like yeah. I've, you know, like like sometimes I'm not at the games when they happen, but again, being a Bay Area sports person growing up, that was very common. And it just every time it happens, it's chilling. But like in the playoffs, I can only imagine how awesome yeah. that would have been. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's rather unfortunate that they couldn't be LA. Uh, but I mean, just the chant, the, the city rivalry, like that was a glorious moment in Coyotes history. And like, let's be fair. The only time they have ever exited the second round. So that's just a big moment. A lot of people love the. I say a lot of people will love that moment, the moment that they beat the Nashville Predators to go on to the next round. Because, uh, again, because yeah, because it's that was that was the furthest they ever got. Um, they had a pretty decent chance too, you know. Like, um, yeah. obviously, LA was a really tough team to go up against, but, but like, I, you know, I think I remember the uh, the Coyotes teams from the early 2010s, and like. I was like thinking, you know, from you know, kid from the Bay I'm just like, I kind of don't want to go against Arizona because they're running on some steam. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. They they were, you know, they were a bit slapdash, but Mike Smith was having a phenomenal season. Ray Whitney, Redeem Verbada, and Martin Hansel was just a phenomenal line. Uh, Shane Doan just being one of the best captains, and a young Oliver Ekman Larson was making his like just first full season with the NHL just kicking ass and taking names. Absolutely. Um a couple other things because I um I guess to get ready before we move on to the fan submitted memories. Um there's something that you shared and I want to and I want you to bring it up because you mentioned Mike Smith. Oh yeah. Um the Mike Smith goalie goal. The goalie uh, goal. Against the Detroit Red Wings. I, I double-checked. It happened in Gila River Arena. I think it was then Jobbing.com Arena. but Because uh, that was down to like even the final like point three seconds or whatever too, right? It was like... Yeah. Uh, it was point one second left where it finally go. crossed the goal line. Uh, Smitty had been trying a couple of times. Like... Mike Smith as a goaltender, I thought had phenomenal puck control in a way where I am fine with like any future goaltender, like trying to like go out and like yeah. collect the puck and shoot it. Like if you can't do it, I don't want that, but like, I'm never against that as a concept, but Mike Smith getting the goalie goal, um, just great. A another like just piece of Arizona hockey, like, legend like yeah a goalie goal is so rare and the coyotes have one uh and it was a fucking beautiful one i know i love it i absolutely love it like every now and then i will take like like i'll just look back at the highlight i'm like <laughs> oh goalie goals 
Yeah, especially because like uh just the way like he like shoots the puck, it's very like uh I, I can't explain it. It's, just, <laughs> it's so fun to watch. Uh I recommend if you were listening, uh provided you're not driving in your car, just pull up the goalie goal, just search Mike Smith goalie goal, and you will see it. It will give you a good smile. That's for a darn yeah. sure. <laughs> we got more to get to on this episode of Lockdown and Kai. We're gonna get to your submissions that you sent to us on the uh to the podcast that we can use on on the show i'm glad to share these absolutely excited um because there are some great submissions out there before we get to any of that though i want to tell you guys about betonline.net because betonline.net is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info find all the latest sports developments league reviews and news including this year's basketball playoffs major league baseball and the weekend run to the roses at the kentucky derby but also, let's also not forget the Stanley Cup playoffs going on. First round is underway. BetOnline.net is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. So let's finish this episode of Lockdown Coyotes. Once again, Robin Leonio and Carl Pavlik. By taking a listen to some of your fan-submitted memories, uh, a lot of these, um, actually, I got a chance to interact with fans myself. I was at the second-to-last game against the St. Louis Blues, and I got a chance to talk with some of you fans. I circled the concourse. I saw it 15 times or so. Uh, obviously, I'm not... Like maybe over exaggerating, but maybe also pretty accurate. It was I did it so many times. Um, talked to a few fans. Obviously, we're not going to go through absolutely everything, but I'm still going to share with you know some of my favorite ones out there. Some of the you know some solid memories. There were some good ones out there. Um, so let's just go ahead and first do the first. I'm going to say the first six. Then I'm going to go through. And then we have the last two or last three after that. I'd like to you know share after a couple couple words you ready for this carl yeah let's go all right let's go my name is joan i'm from gilbert and my favorite memory along with my brother tom is when shane down his first hat trick we came with two hats on the ice awesome so go ahead my name is Eric, I'm from Scottsdale, and I've been a season ticket holder here for 17 years with the Coyotes, and I've been going to games since they opened. I went to the very first event here, the Arizona Sting, and my favorite memories were the uh, playoff years that the Coyotes had here. It was really fun, exciting, and I thought the roof was going to blow off in this place. And uh, it's, been a, it's been a lot of fun, too bad we can't stay. I'm Jesse. I'm Dossie. My favorite moment was uh, when uh, was the night uh, the Coyotes played the Chicago Blackhawks uh, before the uh, Olympic break. It was probably one of the funnest nights. Uh, seeing Alice Cooper do the intermission and just saw the patriotic uh, feeling throughout the building with the uh, Miracle on Ice team. Just a fun night for me. My 
this is Lance from Scottsdale. My favorite Coyotes moment here at Gila River was when we beat the Nashville Predators to go on to the third round. Unfortunately, we lost to the Kings, but that was amazing to see the handshake. That's it. Thanks. First would be the playoff run that they went to the Western Conference Finals in 2012 when they were so close. The donor was trying to carry them all there, and we just came up a little bit short. It was awesome, great games. A lot of energy, a lot of crowd at the game. And then the other one is uh, donors' uh, retirement celebration. That was awesome. Awesome. Well, uh, well deserved and overdue at that point. They should have done it earlier. But stand for and uh, you know what? Just your favorite memory. I think I've ever been. I've been a fan ever since they came to the Valley, and I would have to say my favorite memory is seeing my kids be able to skate on the rink because the Coyotes allow teams and games to go on the rink after. So seeing my kids being able to practice with their high school team on the rink is probably the highlight. So those are the first six. Nice. Pretty nice. good memories. I like that last one. Um, you know, again, that's another personal one right there. You know, it's, you know, everyone's, you know, being able to see his kids skate on, skate on afterwards, right? That's, you know, a lot of teams do that. I'm glad the Coyotes were one of the teams that you know that that did stuff like that. And you no, know, that's a way to grow the community. Absolutely, and I do think that a big part of you know people like myself who live in the Valley is the Coyotes at Gila River Arena was also just a thing where Gila River Arena was a big part of your life, and like having the hockey team there, like it just kind of made it a bigger center for culture and time uh, i do want to give a special shout out to the uh guy who said alice cooper uh at the blackhawks game mm -hmm. uh that is definitely one that stands out i was not at that game but i'm a big alice cooper fan i have the alice cooper coyotes bobblehead uh just a great memory to highlight uh so kudos to that person uh we're on the same page i hope you're listening I know. I absolutely love that one too. When I when I heard it, I'm just like, that's an awesome one. Um, yeah. But the best part is there's still you know three more memories out there. One more video because I want to you know, preface the video, and then we have a um, our top voice memo and our top text submission that we're going to share on today's episode. So um, let's get to the last video, um, and I guess we'll just put the commentary afterwards. But I love this one. Uh, I think the most, Carl, because this is kind of what I was really hoping to hear, something like this, from at least some submission, and I'm glad I got it. Here it is, but, and then we'll make some commentary afterwards. Sounds good. I'm Carlos. Hi, Kimberly. So, favorite moment in the arena actually happened last night. We were season ticket holders, partial season ticket holders for eight years, and we saw a young family in front of us who had season tickets for the same amount of time. Well, after we started coming, we saw that they had a baby, and they had one already. After eight years, we got to see them grow up. Then COVID hit. So COVID stopped all of that because we couldn't come to the game. For two years, we didn't see them. Didn't know if they were still here. Came back last night and saw them for the first time in two years. And they're all grown up, and they're both they're both hockey players, and they both play, and they started playing because of the Coyotes. So I almost cried because I could not believe how 
grown up they were in two years. So. We became, you know, we were close because every week we would come to see the game and look forward to interacting to and playing with them and talking with them and all of that. And it, hockey was our family. And we missed two years. Yeah, we got to see it. So it was cool. That and donors and time. Yeah. Gotta say. Like, oh, that's beautiful. You, you really got to, like, I was like, like when they when I was there at the game and they told me about that, I was like, oh, my heart on that one. Oh. Because that's what that's what a lot of these things are about, right? You know, when you go to these games, especially if you're season ticket holders, you grow a bond with the people next to you, you know? And like, Absolutely. you know, and like, I think that's the special thing about sports, not just hockey, but sports, right? You just do something like that. And, you know, you see families grow up and you get to know each other so freaking well over the years. And, um, you know, when they were saying about not being able to see the, you know, the kids for two years because of the, because of the pandemic, you're just like, oh, my God, what happened? And to hear that happen, that's just absolutely amazing. I love it. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely kind of a uh, it's a it's a family situation. You are seeing the same people. Like they talked about weekly, but if you're going to every game, that is often like multiple times a week, you form a bond with people. Like you are part of the same community. You have the same interest. Like is uh, at the end of the day, like sports are amazing, but sports are amazing because they allow us to form connections with each other. Yeah, that's absolutely one thing I, I really love about sports. And again, it it creates the idea, you know, it just it creates the love, right? You know, you go to these games live and like, you have that bond, you have the memories, you grow these memories. And from all those great memories, you know, you grow in, in, in a more immense love for the sport. And that's the awesome thing about going to these games live. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and that is definitely something where, you know, I, I missed. I I honestly enjoy watching hockey from like on TV. I think it's a great view. Like it's always like you, know, you get in video replay. But there is things where you can only get by going to a game in person. And we're all kind of like dealing with the situation where like we were prevented from going for games for for two years or almost two years, and and that just kind of sucks because it means we were away from our hockey community for for that amount of time and sure the internet existed but that's just you know not the same thing absolutely yeah absolutely um we still got a couple more memories to get to we have our top voice memo and our top text submission um to get to so let's get to the voice memo um and this one kind of goes off of what we were saying before and kind of like how going into a game live can help just build your memories and build your love for the sport. This is a submission um, sent to us via a voice memo from a Coyotes fan and and uh, podcast listener, Ian. So let's go ahead and listen to Ian's voice memo. Arena was the site of my first ever hockey game. It was amazing as a kid to see this sport. The electricity in the arena was just The energy was palpable. Blue Jackets Coyotes, Star Wars night, some year, I don't remember exactly which year, but it was amazing. It spawned my love of the sport that has lasted nearly a decade. And it's led into so many things, like the Coyotes, the Gila River Arena as a whole, the NHL as a whole, hockey as a whole, has 
played such a huge part in my life since that day. I'm not saying I work for anything hockey-wise, but I'm pretty sure at least a hundred hours of my life would be a lot emptier if not for the sport of hockey. And so, it's just... It's kind of sad to me to hear that the last hockey game is going to be, as I'm recording this, tomorrow. Which is... It's just incredible that my love of the sports started there, and I just have to thank Gila River for everything, from the amazing games to the good seats. I mean, when they weren't full, we could just walk down to a better seat. <laughs> and the questionable food at questionable prices. But overall, I just have to thank Gila River. So thanks, Gila River. <laughs> I just love how that is just so candid, right? You know? Yeah. Y- you yeah know? And let's be fair. Uh, uh, I think we could definitely have a full podcast about the like food and beverage of Gila River Arena in the former podcast that we did. Yes. We talked about the food of Gila River Arena. Uh, we have talked about the food of Gila River Arena this, po- this season uh, with – their phenomenal Korean Bowl, uh, just best thing ever. Uh, I do hope that arena food is a big, like, just thing that they consider at the new arena because Gila River Arena was fine. It could absolutely be better. It can. It, the food creates an experience, right? Because you get something that unique. Like, you can be someone who sells, you know, an arena that sells the usual. Okay. Hot dogs, popcorn, pizza, whatever. But it's when you get to those things, like you said, the Korean bowls, when you can get yeah. to like uh, – what were some of the other ones we talked about on the old podcast? Uh, uh, chicken and donuts, the, right? Yeah, the chicken donut sandwich. There was the pretzel that came in a pizza box. Uh, yes. And it was just a giant-ass pretzel. Delicious pretzel. Really liked it. Uh, I just grabbed a bag. It had a bag full of pretzel. Um, it was fun, but, but yeah, like, uh, I, I think, uh, one of the things everyone's pointed out, beer is too expensive at hockey games. And that yeah, was it's... a big thing at Gila River Arena. Uh, and kind of like why, especially me when I was like just out of college, love the dollar beer, dollar hot dog night because absolutely. Yeah. The, there are like specific memories from like every single food type in Gila River Arena, like the fact that there was a Tim Hortons for a while, <laughs> like specifically to appeal to Canadians, there was Tim Hortons, and then there was uh, a Dunkin' Donuts to, I don't know, have a not Tim Hortons, but uh, it's just a lot of food memories associated with that arena too. So I'm glad that was brought up because it's a big part. Yeah, um, I also want to you know give a shout out to Ian. You know, in 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 his memo is. You know, just again, talking about how a single game can launch your love for the sport, you know, right? Because that's, you know, we don't talk about stuff like that enough because we talk about, you know, fans who just go to start going to games and then like over time they go to love. But one game launches this love for the sport. Like, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. And also, I think definitely a very Arizona thing because, you know, when most people from traditional hockey markets talk about like their first hockey game it's as a kid watching with their parents 
most people I know in like Arizona who have lived in Arizona for a long enough period of time, they're like, yeah, no, I went when I was slightly older to a game in Arizona. Like, and before that, like, eh, I didn't really have that big a connection. But you see it in person and you really like fall in love with it. And that's like, that's just a very quintessential Arizona thing for me. Absolutely. We still got one more memory. It's our text submission, our top text submission from a lockdown listener and Coyotes fan, Dale. Uh, Dale has a pretty long one. And honestly, I think this is a pretty awesome description. So let's go ahead and get to this one. And we'll go ahead and discuss, get ready to close things out. So here we go from Dale. Probably one of my favorite moments was two years ago when Chicago was in town and we had anti-Ranta in net. It was the third period, and Chicago was making a push to win the game in regulation. Ranta was down on his stomach, and as they shot the puck towards the net, and Ranta made the most spectacular save by kicking his legs upward. I was sitting four rows behind the home net, and the puck just going off the blade of his skate. I was shocked by that save. I dropped to my knees with how stunned I was, and immediately got up to give him a standing ovation. After that, we dubbed him the Scorpion King. The building was going nuts with that save, and everyone was chanting his name. That is probably my most favorite moment from Gila River Arena. That's a good memory. That's a good memory because, again, that's it's a very you know it's also a very personal one. A lot of people, a lot of people probably would say that one too because that's an awesome, an awesome memory. Again, like because how can you not remember a save like that from Auntie Ronta? Like I. Like, and again, there's a reason why you call him the Scorpion King. There's your reason. <laughs> yeah. I, I remember after that save, um, a hockey t-shirt company reached out to me in my role as managing editor of Five for Howling and said, hey, we want to make Scorpion uh, like save t-shirts. And, and unfortunately, things didn't happen. Uh, just a lot of things happened after that save, uh, just in terms of where the you know, the season, but it was a phenomenal memory. Uh, Auntie Ranta is definitely a big piece of the Coyotes. Um, I think goaltenders tend to be major figures like yep. in the Coyotes. So like, I- I'm kind of surprised that we didn't hear a Darcy Kempe or Darcy Kemper <laughs> like memory. Uh, sorry about that. Um, uh, I, but yeah. He was just consistently good. He didn't have like the spectacular moments like the the scorpion save or the the Mike Smith goalie goal. Uh but yeah, just uh, that's a good one. That's a, a great one. Yeah, absolutely. There was um yeah, and again, I I just love the um yeah, go, you know, goalie memories, right? Cuz I love I love watching goalies. Um absolutely. and again, we talked, you know, Auntie Ronza got brought up. Yeah, we probably could have heard something about Darcy Kemper, but like maybe not because like again, he didn't have like he had great games, but not like memorable games. Um, yeah. Mike Smith, of course, the goalie goal. Um, yeah. I mean, Carol Vimelka had multiple 45 plus save games like this past season, those are memorable. Uh, Scott Wedgwood breaking two worst starts in the nhl history like that is definitely a thing that you know it it's not memorable per se because like how do you quantify breaking like the end of a losing streak to start the season but like just some phenomenal performances from him 
and and just in general, I think goaltending has been a major part of the Coyotes. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'll go back a little bit on that, and and think, I was thinking about goaltenders for the Coyotes, and I'm like, there was a one goaltender that that I remember, even as a kid growing up in the Bay Area, because I think it was something that he did in the 2010 playoffs and I, and I and you're probably thinking back yes I'm talking about this to some fans I am talking about Ilya Bruskarov um yep. I forgot what it was that he did I think it was something that has to deal with uh and I think this was him so correct me if I'm wrong on this one but um just because it was a mem- something that showed up in the news I actually loved it is um his kid you know kind of drew, made a drawing you know about you know for for his you know for his dad sure. and he Got it. Tra- got that drawing transferred onto the back of his mask. I'm trying to remember. I, I do not recall that specifically. Uh, I know Mike Smith had his kids on the back of his mask for a long time, so like that's making those memories very foggy. Uh, I, I will say this: Brzezgalov, phenomenal, um, you know, presence. Uh, you know, personality, his best moments, like just as a person were not with the Coyotes. Yeah. Uh, I hope that is true because that is a very sweet moment, but you know, he didn't give us the don't have to be mad. He didn't give us the humongous big, like during Coyotes time, he really like kind of flourished with the flyers, but, but yeah, no, like he's another one. And you know, Let's let's go even a little older. Uh, a lot of people have told me that Sean Burke is one of their favorite Coyotes, just because like his time with the the team, and you know Holly Boobin. Like there is just so many Coyotes goaltenders. They tend to stand out uh, for some reason in a way that goaltenders like more in general stand out. Yeah, absolutely. But we are running out of time on this episode, so we can only get so much. But I do want to say I did look it up, Carl. And yes, Briskov did do that. He transferred some of his uh, child's drawings onto his mask. And that's freaking awesome. I love it. Just beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. But anyways, we're out of time of this episode of Lockdown and Coyotes. I want to thank everyone for making your submissions to us. Who, uh, Those who talked to me at the game, I want to thank you as well. Hope you guys are listening to this, you know, to uh, to see how, how this episode turned out. I'm glad how this turned out. We had some absolutely great memories on this episode. But... That's it for this episode. Hope you guys like what you heard. If you like, if you did, don't forget to leave a review, like, comment, subscribe if you have yet to already. We're available everywhere you get your podcasts, including on YouTube. Don't forget to interact with us on social media. We're on Facebook, facebook.com slash Lockdown Coyotes. On Instagram at Lockdown Coyotes. On Twitter at LO underscore Coyotes. I am personally at Robin underscore Leano. That's Robin with the Y underscore L-E-A-N-O. Carl Pavlik is Carl Pavlik F-F-H. Interact with us, asking the question you might have, and we might answer right back. We're on a future episode of the Lockdown Coyotes podcast. And as a little teaser for you guys, next week, beginning of next week, we will be talking NHL Draft Lottery. As we get ready, the Draft Lottery is on Tuesday. We will be getting ready for that to have a live show on Tuesday as we discuss the, uh, well, the countdown to it, have a live reaction to what the Coyotes get. And, of course, we'll talk about potential uh, picks based off what position Arizona finishes at. Um, plus, we'll also have plenty of episodes talking to fans, 
talking to some great people. So you will not want to miss next week's episodes of Lockdown Coyotes. Anyways, that's going to be it for today's episode. Hope you guys are staying safe out there. Hope you guys are staying healthy. And don't forget to howl on. <laughs> Oh!